Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We hope the message you're about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience exponential growth. And now, the message. Today we're going to be continuing the set of teachings that the Lord has instructed me to you know, do in the community to prepare us for the coming year. And I've titled it Locomotive. Locomotive. What's a locomotive? A locomotive is a self-propelling vehicle. And in what the Lord is set to do through us in the coming year, he has told us that there is a move. Like a train, there is a move. There's a move of his spirit. There's something he said to do. I've changed my background to train. There's something he said to do. <laughs> There's a move. And he wants us to be discerning of that move for us to align with it. And so he's preparing us. Either you're a part of the community of the Catholic community, or you are not for the for, for the reason that you are here, I'm sure it's not a mistake. There is a move, there is something God is said to do in the new year in and through us. And so this set of teachings are to prepare us to be discerning and how to walk effectively in that move. And so today we're going to be doing a special teaching called the supply of the Spirit. The only set of people that have probably heard me teach this are people that have been here maybe up to three years. The supply of the Spirit. It's a very important teaching. And I've, I've, I've highlighted or alluded to it a few times in several teachings. But I want you to pay attention. Open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. I'm going to be fast sometimes just because I want to cover a lot of things. So just make sure that your mind is alert. You're taking notes and you're moving with me as I move ahead. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17, where my emphasis, you know, is, it says, And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new thorns. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly things, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall what? They shall recover. Listen, I think, we're in a time where the things that this text says has become more of a myth or more of something that we just hear but we don't think is real and happens in our day. How many of you, when you think about poison, you think about what Jesus said? That if you drink poison... I, I'm, listen, do you think Jesus was being figurative here? This is a very serious question. A lot of us have a picture that puts this as a figurative expression in our minds. It says if you drink any deadly thing, it would not hurt you. It says in my name, they shall cast out devil. So casting out devil has become more of a figurative expression in your mind. 
Speaking with new tongues has become more of a figurative expression in your mind. Taking up serpents has become more of a figurative expression in your mind. Listen, you don't think about it that there was literally a man who existed in a time who was in a lion de lion's den and was not consumed. Was this a figurative expression or a real story? It was real. And the fact that you haven't seen any man today walk in a lion's den does not mean it's not possible. Listen, this text is, 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 is explaining to you greater possibilities in God. Jesus is saying, you would cast out devils. You would speak with new tongues. He says, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. He says, they shall lay hands on the sick and what? And they shall recover. The Lord told us that 2023 is going to be the year of the Spirit. <laughs> it's going to be what? The year of the Spirit. The year of greater expressions of the Spirit. The year where we will do His work backed by many, many signs and wonders. Where we find greater expressions in the Spirit. Every single one of us, none of us left behind. A year where we will move on wings of eagles and our eyes would see, our ears would hear, our mouths would speak, our hands would heal. A year where we will do all this to the end that all men are saved and perpetually victorious in their walk with God. A year that wherever you are, whatever system you find yourself functioning in, whether in the four walls of a university, Babcock University, Bowen University, Afeba, Balola, wherever it is, and in any system, any locality, society, your office space, wherever it is, to the end that everybody there is saved and perpetually victorious in their work, or their walk, rather, with God. And so Jesus is speaking to the disciples before his ascension. And he says, go here into all the walls. Preach the gospel. Why is it that when people want to speak to us and talk down on charismatic ministry, they talk about the fact that Paul had a different gospel and Jesus had a different gospel. Listen, these are the words of Jesus. It wasn't only Paul who talked about the things that the believer can do. Jesus also did. And no matter how much you want to explain things away, you can't explain away Mark chapter 16 and verse 17. Let me ask you a question. Who is he talking about that will do these signs? The apostles or the new converts? Let's read it together. <laughs> Maybe you've not read the text. It says, go into all the walls, verse 15, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. 17 says, this sign shall follow who? Hey, this sign shall follow who? Them that did he say this signs shall follow the special forces Christian? No. Did he say this signs shall follow them who have done baptism school and sabbatical school? No. Did he say this signs shall follow those that have gone to Bible school? No. Did he say this signs shall follow them that have been Christians for 21 years? No. He says what? This signs shall follow what? Them that believe. Are you getting this? You can't explain it away. These signs shall follow them that what? That believe. That believe. 
and for you to think about. That Jesus is also expecting that in our day and time, for everyone who believes, these are the signs we must see. Are, are you getting this? So Jesus is telling us that the expectation of our time is not that in his time the miracles will shoot up and in our time it will go down. He's saying that in our time the gifts of the Spirit would also be common. So Jesus is not saying anything different from what the Apostle Paul taught us. He's not. It would be gross misinterpretation and a gross oversight of theological truths for you to pass over Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, for you to pass over, you know, uh, um, 1 Corinthians, for you to pass over, you know, 2 Corinthians as well, for you to pass over Romans, just to prove a point that the gifts of the Spirit are not to be common in our day. It will be great it, 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 it will be a great, I don't know what we even call it, misrepresentation of scriptures to pass over all these texts. Because what these texts prove to us, and according to the, the law of biblical interpretation, there's something called the law of emphasis. Emphasize what the Bible emphasizes and be silent about what the Bible is silent about. If the Bible repeats in two, three places that the gifts of the Spirit will be common in our day, in Joel chapter 2 and verse 20, the Bible says that, the, that, that upon in the last days he will pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. And Moses was speaking in Exodus. He says that he's looking forward to a time where God's Spirit will dwell upon every single person in up to five, seven different places. The Bible is telling us that in our day, the gifts of the Spirit will be common. It means God wants us to emphasize it. Take this as a defense on the importance of charismatic ministry. God wants us to emphasize it. If the Bible emphasizes it, then we must emphasize it regardless of your theology, regardless of your denomination. Please, are you following me? It says these signs shall follow them. The Greek word follow there is parakolutheo. It is P-A-R-A-K-O-L-O-U-T-H-E-O. And it's from two Greek words. Para, P-A-R-A, and akolutheo, A-K-O-L-O-U-T-H-E-O. And para means to be near, to be beside. It's from the word you get parakletos. Alright? Which is a word for the spirit, a comforter rather. That is someone that is with you. Alright? It's para, it means to be near. And akolutheo means to join someone as an attendant. <laughs> That's a better picture. Are you getting it? You know, a way to understand it. When you put those words together, near and to join as an attendant, it means to be always at somebody's side. A better English word would be to accompany. To accompany. Are you getting this now? To accompany. It says these signs shall accompany them that believe. Are you saying this? Accompany. To accompany. So whatever you say about miracles and the gifts of the Spirit, the Bible makes it clear that there shall be what? Accompanying signs for everyone who believes, not just the apostles. Accompanying signs. It means that Jesus' expectation for the believer today is that when you walk, there are signs accompanying you. There are signs accompanying you. Are you following me? It says, in my name they shall cast out them. This is powerful. 
This is powerful. The gifts were common in the early church. It should be common today as well. So listen, charismatic ministry is not a denomination. <laughs> what did I say? Charismatic ministry is not a denomination. It's a privilege in Christ. It's a privilege for all those who believe. It's not youthful exuberance. It's our destiny in Christ. We're not doing it just because we want to roll on the floor and shout. No, we're not doing it for our namesake. No, we are doing it because it's our destiny in Christ. Jesus himself said it. Listen, this has to take away every argument. <laughs> I get what I'm saying. Have you ever engaged in any type of argument with somebody and they begin to, you know, begin to tell you different things and they're like, oh, Jesus never said, oh, okay, but now Jesus has said it. He says, this and shall follow every believer. I get what I'm saying. It should take away every argument. These are the words of Jesus. Unless now you want to say that the writer of Mark did not write the forged text. <laughs> because some people can go very far just to prove their own intentions. And that is that is a poor biblical interpretation approach. That's what we call exegesis, not exegesis. Where you already have a conclusion in your heart and you're trying to read the Bible to prove your conclusion rather than reading the Bible to get what should be in your heart. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's a better way to read the Bible. Which is exegesis. And so it's... I don't think it's possible to properly exegete the Bible and come up with a conclusion that the gifts of the Spirit should not be common you would have overlooked many texts to do that. You would have done very poor biblical interpretation to do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you get saved, the Bible is telling us and Jesus is telling us that when you get saved, you're able to speak with tongues, you're able to walk miracles, you're able to heal the sick. These are the words of Jesus. It's not just a Pauline idea. I get what I'm saying. So charismatic ministry is not a denomination. Listen, it's okay to be scared about what you don't understand at first, but when the Bible is categorically clear on the matter, don't pick what suits your feeling and ignore the rest. Take it all. Take it all. This is what God planned for everyone who believed. Listen, I've seen a lot of people who are who don't who don't teach this or talk about it because they are scared of it. How do you explain that a man is just sitting down and he begins to speak ma 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 baba da duru katai bele katai and you say that that is a word and those are statements not by himself but but it's a language in the spirit is communicating to God. It's scary to think about, but did the Bible say it? Yes. Did Jesus say every believer will flow in it? Yes. So what will I do about it? Even though I'm scared, I take it because it's the word of God. Did the Bible say you cast out devils? Yes. Have you done it before? No. But did it say it's your destiny? Yes. So I will walk in it. This is honor for the written word. Are you following me? This is honor for the written word. So if since you got saved, you haven't spoken in tongues, you haven't healed the sick, you haven't, you've never casted out any devil, you've never flowed in the, in the power of God, well, you can. You just haven't. You can. You just haven't. It's, it's so surprising how many people have never tried it, yet they are convinced that they can't do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the wrong way to come to a conclusion. You've never tried it yet, you are convinced. And you are seeing more people every day do it, and yet you are still convinced. You are still not convinced. You see, in science, we learned about 
kinetic and potential energy. How many of you have ever heard of that? Okay, at, at students, don't raise up your hand. This is not government. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. <laughs> I'm joking, please. All right. Now, have you ever heard of kinetic and potential energy? Now, for some of you, you know, no shades to the primary school you went to, but uh, the secondary school you went to, I'm just going to go ahead and teach you. All right. So, kinetic potential energy, first of all, is energy which is at rest. What did I say? Energy which is at rest. For example, it means energy which is stored up. Listen, it doesn't mean it has lesser energy. It just means that the energy is stored up. It's at rest. I'll give you an example. How many of you... Not all my examples can relate to different people. So if you are uh, if you are in the US, in the UK, in Canada, it might not apply to you. If you are in Nigeria and you live in... Uh, a place where it's all land it might apply to you. But if you live in a place where there's water around you, it might not apply to you. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. Figure it out. Anyways, <laughs> if you live on an island, it might not relate. But, but some of you that went to the, the, the filling station with a keg to buy fuel for your generator, you know, you are carrying petrol. You are on bike with petrol. And you are comfortable. And the bike is shaking. And listen, that is energy at rest. Because listen, if your phone should heat up too much in your pocket and touch that metal, both you and the bike man are gone. I get what I'm saying. So, it's energy at rest. What you are carrying there can burn a five-story building. It can ignite a five-story building to burn. Just what I'm saying. It will just start from that, but it will begin to spread. What you are carrying there can burn the whole of that bike. But what is it at that time? It's energy at rest. But then when you introduce heat to it, what happens? Heat does what? It ignites it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It ignites it. There's, there's something called an ignition. It does what? It ignites it once it enters the picture. And then what is at rest becomes in motion. And so kinetic energy is energy in motion where potential energy is energy which is, which is at rest. Is that listening to me? Now, in the same way, the power and the gifts of God can be stored up inside you. Oh, you haven't done it yet. But it doesn't mean that the power is not stored up inside of you. So what you need to do is what? How do you get it to work? How do you get that which is at rest inside of you to become kinetic? Are you with me? Isn't Newton's first law of motion that says that what? That an object will continue in a state of rest. Would constantly continue in a state of rest unless an external force acts upon it. Are you getting it? So, it would always be there unless an external force acts upon it. So now in the spirit, so I can give you the same definition. <laughs> the energy and the power, rather, that is inside of you would continue to be at rest unless a force acts upon it. That is, unless you do something about it. Unless you make it kinetic. Are you getting it? Unless you make it kinetic. 
you park your car on the road, it would always be there unless you do something to move it. Let me ask you a question. How do you think that what is popularly called rapture, how do you think it will happen? How do you think it will happen? First of all, do you know that you will receive life after death? Let's even start from there. You know you receive life after death? Because you believe in Jesus? Alright, how do you think that would happen? Let me ask you. So, Jesus comes back, he's coming to take us. How? How? How would he take you? Let me tell you something. Unlike Newton's first law of motion, when he, talk, when he talks about that, God is not going to use any external force to raise you from the dead when Jesus comes. You are going to be risen, or raised up rather, by something that is already inside you now. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, the Bible says that what? It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it says, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also what? Quicken your mortal bodies. This means that is the spirit that you have now that is going to give you a new body because it's the spirit that gave Jesus a new body. So it's the spirit that you have now that will translate you from this flesh you have when you die and give you a new body, the type of body that Jesus had. So listen to me. You have power inside of you right now. That is able to raise you up even if you've died for a decade. Even if you've died for a century. Even if you've died for, for a millennia. So, so listen, that power is already working in you right now. That's the way to respond. Glory. It's already working in you. Imagine a person dead four days. And a person prays. And the person resurrect you'll be surprised that is if someone just walks to a body that's been dead for four days you know and just pray and the body comes up you'll be surprised right you'll be like oh my god this is this is such great power are you with me such great power but listen not when it comes to jesus if you have died 200 years when it comes to the power that works in you if you've died one time it doesn't matter how long you've died we shall all be changed by the agent of resurrection that already lives inside of us now listen, not just is it going to raise you up, it's going to keep you alive forever. Listen, this is different. This is different. But guess what? I'm saying all of this to show you that, listen, something that is able to raise a dead man that has been dead 200 years, 2,000 years from the dead is already living inside of you. If it takes 1 million years for Jesus to come, if you die tomorrow... What is going to raise you from the dead is already inside of you. So you have such power that is not just able to raise you from the dead to keep you alive in a state that you will never fall sick again and you will never die again. That power is already at work in you. That power is already at... That's what the Bible is telling us. That power is already at work in you. So this means that out of all the people that would be raised from the dead when Jesus comes, there will be some of them that never raised the dead that never healed the sick, that never even healed a single headache, even though they had such power inside of them. Are you getting what I'm saying? What an irony. What an irony. So listen, you carry something that can conquer death, not just conquer death, but conquer it forever. Not only can it re resurrect you, it can sustain you. So maybe you don't really know who you are or what you are capable of. Which is why I'm telling you, you have such power already at work in you. What is a headache? 
to be healed when you have the power that is going to raise a man from the are you with me? We are, we are talking raise a man from the dead and keep him alive forever. And this is important. So who really are you? What are you capable of? Will you wait until that day to see how powerful you are? That's a challenge. Would you wait till that day? You know, it was Miles Moreau that was saying in a different context. He says the graveyard is one of the richest places. He says when you go there, you see books that were never written, songs that were never sung. You know. Don't wait till the grave. And when Jesus comes to see that, oh, there's power inside of me that is able to change the world. Why not start now? Are you listening to me? It's, it's an irony that many people find it easier to believe that they will be caught up in disguise with Jesus than to believe that they can heal the sick. That's my problem with, with that's my problem with people that, 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 that don't believe in charismatic ministry. Which is easier to believe? Which is easier to believe? That you'll be caught up in the sky with Jesus, with a body that can levitate, or that you can lay hands on the sick now by the same power and heal headache. Are you getting this? Is someone following me? And this is important. So you believe in heaven? Yes. Oh yeah, heal headache. You, you know what I'm saying? The same faith it takes to believe that Jesus is coming and that when he comes, you will be risen from the dead with him by the same power that is at work in you is the same power and is the same way you must have faith that that power can walk through you when you lay your hands on the sick. Do you get you must think about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Simple that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. Thank you, Jesus. That's, that's a powerful song. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. Lives in me. Lives in me. Lives in me. Ephesians 3.20 The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above. <laughs> Listen, it's a compound word. Exceeding abundantly above. All. We can ask all things. Listen, exceeding abundantly is one compound word. In the Greek, it is upa ek perisos. Some people call it upa perisos upa. It's upa ek perisos. And the word there occurs in a, in a few other texts. In 1 Thessalonians 3.10, the Bible says, Night and day praying exceedingly that we might see your faith, your face and perfect all that is lacking in your faith. Praying exceedingly is that. It says, and to esteem very highly in love, the word esteem there in 1 Thessalonians 5.13, it says, and to esteem them very highly in love is that word also. And what the word means is something that is to an extent which we cannot express. Are you with me? Something that is to an extent that, do you know what it means for something to not be expressible? It means what you can't try. You can't try. To explain it because it's just too much. Let me give you a perfect picture of exceeding abundantly above. It, it, it's like, it, ah, how can I explain? I'm thinking of the best analogy. The best analogy for it is this 
is that think about where your imagination can get to when it comes to how powerful God is. And then understand that that place is not close to where God starts from. Does that make sense? That you still fall short in trying to describe God and his power. Do you understand? Does that make sense to you? Let me give another example that maybe you can relate to. If you were to measure a human being on a measuring scale, how many of you know that balance scale that most people have in their house? You just place it on the floor and you measure a person. So imagine you wanted to measure somebody and then you put the person on it, but then the scale just goes... You know what that means? It means this can't even start to measure this person. because Maybe this is not a good analogy. Because people are already looking at me like, so what are you trying to say? <laughs> so what are... <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything. I'm just, just trying to give you an analogy. It means that we have no scale of measurement. Do you understand? It means that whatever way we think we can measure it does not come close. It means that our imagination does not cut it. It does not cut it. I- I'll give you an analogy. How many of you, you know, when you were young, you know, maybe you, you wanted to ask your daddy to buy something, but you don't know if you want to buy it for you because you don't know his capacity. So maybe you were in a store and you saw ice cream and you were just like, ah, I want to buy this ice cream, but ah, would daddy have money to buy the ice cream? And you're like, daddy, please buy this. And you are like, oh, okay, I'll get it for you. You know, how many of you were surprised at how rich your parents were when you grew up later to know that? Ah, so you have this kind of money. Exactly, you know, uh, let me tell you a story about me. I like to th- say this story. I, I saw Vado. <laughs> I saw Vado because when I got into the university, I didn't know what my father could give me because I, I never grew up on allowance like many people. Or right, many people, you grew up knowing the concept of having an allowance monthly. I never grew up on that. My father gave me money based on when I need the money. <laughs> How many of you can relate? Glory to God. You know, uh-huh. they give you money based on when you, when you don't need it, there's no need for allowance. We allow you. That's what allowance is. It's not... It's not your right. <laughs> it's not your right. We allow you. That's what it's called. <laughs> Alright, so now, when I got to school, my father would give me some money at the beginning of the semester. And because of how much we were paying in Babcock, I did not have the guts to go and ask them for money again. So I would wait. I wait for like one month, two months. Ah, I will suffer. How much was the money there? Maybe 5k when I was 100 or something. Oh, thank you. How much? So I'll be waiting. I'll be thinking for when it has passed a long time. When they cannot ask me, what did you do with the last time we gave you? I'll now come back. When I'm almost about to die, I'll now say, ah, I need money. Little did I know that that was making my daddy think that what he was giving me was enough. So there was no need to give me extra. You know, that's why when you're in secondary school, we don't go back home with provision. If it means soaking everything the last night, because if you they say, eh, so what we are giving you is more than enough. <laughs> okay, I think we should reduce. So the last day we'll do soakies, we'll pour everything inside bu- buckets. You know, that's a very weird thing we did in school. <laughs> and eat together from inside the bucket. It was a tradition. If you went to, you know, second good boarding house, when I say good, I mean the other way around. Anyways, now, what I meant is this, one day, I just got angry, my head gave me thank you when I got to school. Two weeks after, I said, ah, you're my father, you cannot kill me. I said it in my mind, so, you know, like the prodigal son, I said, I'm going to call today, I'm going to ask for extra money. And so I called, I'm like, oh, I need my money. And he gave me, I said, eh? <laughs> From that day, 
every two two weeks. Like even if it's five days, I used to spend the money. I recall and so so listen. Why I gave you the analogy is this. Sometimes you don't know how powerful or how much money your parents have until later in life. And so sometimes you, you just can't picture it and because of that, you can limit yourself like me and suffer and thrive on Gary. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, and suffer because you just don't know how much? And so like the little girl, you don't know what your dad is capable of. So you're asking for ice cream. And maybe your daddy could even buy the whole ice cream company. But you are just asking for what? One cone. Are you getting this? That's a good way to see that he's able to do more than, but you don't know. So if only you knew. If only I knew. <laughs> If only I knew, I'm not somebody university. Sorry, that's what we're talking about. But if only you knew <laughs> that you that 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 God is able to do beyond your imagination. Look at the adjectives. It says exceeding. Listen, one of those adjectives is able to help you understand what he's saying, but he puts three together. Exceeding is enough to tell you that it is beyond. Abundantly is able to tell you that it is more than enough. Above is able to tell you that it's beyond the mark. But then it says exceedingly abund exceeding abundantly above. Do you see that? It's to tell you that, come, we don't have the adjectives to quantify. What is an adjective? A word that describes a noun. We don't have enough adjectives to quantify, to describe the power of God. But hell, like Alex will say, hell. I learned that from Alex. He then says that power is at work in you. Ha! It changes everything. <laughs> Do you hear that? It says that power is at work in you. It changes everything. How do you overlook a text like this? It changes everything. How can you read a text like this and still continue to walk naturally and ordinarily? It means you carry something Beyond, exceeding abundantly above. Do you know what this means? It means that I'm more powerful than I can imagine. And if I'm not careful, I can limit my capacity by my expectations and by my mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? That as far as charismatic ministry is concerned, you just might be your own problem. Your mind might just be your problem. Your expectation, your imagination might just be the problem. Listen, if you continue in certain thoughts, certain ideas, certain teachings that are a contradiction to the expressions of the supernatural, you will limit your mind. You will limit your mind. If you make jokes at spiritual things, you cannot grow in it. If you make light of the express, make light of the expressions of the gift of the spirit, you will not see it active in your life. So listen, maybe you might just think to yourself in this teaching, oh, I have so much to learn. I have so much to familiarize myself with, to break off the limits in my mind. And as I prepare for 2023, I must begin to think about the possibilities in God. I must begin to read texts. 
about what the Bible says about charismatic ministry. Make myself familiar with those texts. When I wake up in the morning, I say that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think of. When I see a dead person, when I see a sick person, I can walk up. And as I'm walking up to the person, oh, I might be scared. Oh, but I remind myself of those texts that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above. According to the power that is at work in me, there is such great power at work in me. And so as I walk to this person now, I know that I'm able to heal by the power of God. Maybe you need to begin to familiarize yourself with this text. Maybe you need to begin to read books about it. Maybe you need to begin to see what God is doing through other people and rejoice with them. Maybe you need to study it. Maybe you need to watch videos about it. Maybe you need to be a student of revival and of charismatic ministry. You know, myself and Esther were planning to read one book a few months ago. 2,000 years. I think the book is 2,000 years of, of Christ and his power. Such a powerful book. I was impressed that she wanted to read the book. She came to ask me about books on revival history. I was impressed that she wanted to read the book. You know, books as, books as common as God's generals. Why some succeeded, some failed. I think that's parts one or two. I can't remember. You know, books as common as that. Buy it. Read about it. Some of you don't know people who have done charismatic things in our faith. Some of you don't know. Listen, two believers anywhere under the same circumstances would not have the same results. Their results will be based on the degree of their imagination, their faith, and their supernatural psychology, how they think about things. How much they've studied about it. What they think is possible. As far as charismatic ministry goes. Maybe you need to learn more about it. To function better in it. Have humans done this thing Jesus spoke about? Who are the people? What did they do? Let me read an excerpt of a man called John Gillick. In 1910. In the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Known as the bubonic, the bubonic plague. The government was offering large sums of money for anyone who could help. So many people were dying. And there weren't enough people to remove the bodies of the dead. And of that few were well enough. Most were too fearful to enter people's homes. John G. Lake found himself in this highly contagious region. And he offered to help and asked for no payment. He would go into the houses with the stench of sickness hung in the air. I don't want to distract myself. Let's go ahead. There's a lot in my heart to share. And carried out the bodies, often having to bury them in mass graves. There were so many, but he had no fear of catching the disease. A doctor sent for Lake and asked, What have you been doing to protect yourself? And Lake replied, I believe that as long as I keep my soul intact with the living God, so that his spirit is flowing in my soul and body, no gem would ever attach itself to me. For the spirit of God will kill it. Listen, go read about revival history and men who walked in the supernatural. They had simple faith like this. They had simple faith like this. Simple faith. Archbishop Benson Idaosa, we healed the sick and they were asking me, say, have you heard that man talk? Very simple. If you watch some of his tapes, very simple. He said, if God said I can do it, I will do it. If God said I can do it, I will do it. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth. 
They brought the dead person to him. He picked up the person and hit the person on the wall. The person jerked back to life. Listen, if God said I can do it, I will do it. It's simple faith. Go listen to how they talk. Go listen to how they talk. The books will write and say that things continue for them normally until one day. Look at, look at the Azusa Street Revival. Things were normal until one day. They said if the Bible says there's going to be a, be a breakout of the gifts, then we must see it. They prayed days and days until they saw it happen in their lives. Let me continue reading this excerpt. Amazingly, Lake asked the doctor to experiment by taking the form from the lungs of a dead plague victim and putting it under a microscope. The doctor did that and found masses of living germs. At Lake's insistence, the doctor spread the deadly foam on Lake's hand, observing the result under the microscope. He was astonished to discover that all the germs died instantly. <laughs> all the germs died instantly. There's many more stories of people who wrote miracles by the power of God, even down to our local community. I'm telling you from people who are far, even down to our local community, where precancerous cells are disappearing, where people who had kneecap injuries and walked into a camp meeting with that injury got healed and were running around. Listen, it's not too far. You need to be a good student of it. Familiarize with yourself with it, with teachings on it. Study the Bible about it. Study the Bible about it. I remember two years ago, a few years, I think two years ago or three, probably not up to three. Myself and my friend, Pastor Finn, you know, I was in his house. And I got to his house. And then the one thing we wanted to do was simple. We got his phone, I think his laptop then, and we started watching videos about Papa Kennedy again healing. I remember it clearly. We were sitting down, and the one that hit us the most, I literally saw in the video, someone's leg <laughs> that was shorter than the other, I saw it grow out. Listen, these tapes are not plenty everywhere. If you search, you'll find them. Those videos stirred me up. We sat down on the floor like this. We were praying. <laughs> we were praying. We were praying. So, some of you don't know what to do. You'll be in a miracle meeting. Healings will be happening. Some of you are like... You don't know what to do. You are seeing something that you are praying about happen. Instead of you to be receptive and be praying, you are looking. You are looking. <laughs> Listen, with the amount of miracles that have happened even in this ministry, as small as we are, some of you should not be doubting the miraculous power of God anymore. Do you know what it means? You know, to give prophecy. Instead of some of you to raise up your hand and receive. We're on this same call. Then many thousand miles away, we will give word and the power of God will hit somebody in their room. <laughs> Maybe you don't understand. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. You can't stand before God at the end of your life and say you could not do it. Because you can, you just didn't try to me. You just didn't try. You can. Get books about it. Read those books. Read them. Read the books. 
So pick up those books, read them, study those materials. Hallelujah. And this is why they are believers yet so powerful and yet they are so ineffective. Many have been taught, but many have been taught wrongly. Here are the problems believers face. I'll give you a few points and I'll explain some of the things I want to explain. There's still a lot for me to say, so I'm going to move at the speed of light. Are you all learning something? All right. Okay, nobody's learning of that. All right, let's continue. Now, here are the believers. Here are the problems that believers face when it comes to charismatic ministry. Number one is a theological problem. Number one is a theological problem. If you have wrong theology about charismatic ministry, you cannot flow in it. If you've been taught since you were born that nobody in our day and age can flow in the, in the mirror, it will, take, <laughs> it will take a different teaching to correct your mind. I get what I'm saying. It will take a different teaching to correct your mind. So some people have a theological problem. If you believe the gifts of God have ceased in our day, you will not see it happen. If you believe only special people can walk in the charismatic, you will not see it happen in your life. It will not find expression in your life. So familiarize yourself with what? With the right doctrine about the charismatic. See the expressions of the gifts of the Spirit. Understand that it is God's plan. That God's plan is not fewer expressions in our day, but God's plan is more expression in our day. Understand that the gifts of God is for edification, for comfort of the church. Number two, assignment differentiation. Not differentiation and integration. Assignment differentiation. What does this mean? What does assignment differentiation mean? It means that the specific assignment that God gives you would determine the manifestation of the spirit that is strongest in your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? It will determine the manifestation of the spirit that is strongest in your life. Let me clarify. Listen, I've taught you before that purpose is not unique. Alright? No matter the type of phone you are using, if it stops, the moment it stops making a call or being able to make a call, it stops being a phone. I, I get what I'm saying. So purpose is not unique. And when it comes to humans as well, our purpose is to know God, to know Christ, and to make him known. So there is general purpose for us as human beings to know Christ and to make him known. But assignment can be specific. That is the nature at which purpose will be fulfilled can be specific. So listen, everyone has the same purpose, but there can be differentiations in assignments. Even in ministry, in ministerial assignments, there can be differentiation. So listen, differentiation in ministry assignments would allow or would be the reason why some people will see stronger expressions of certain gifts in their life. And listen, this has nothing to do with devotion. It has everything to do with engracing. What is grace? It's something that is unmerited. Are you listening to me? So when I say engracing, I mean that God can specially engrace a person for a specific assignment. I get what I'm saying. So listen, you know, a person who, who is pastoring or a pastor would flow in gifts of, you know, word of knowledge and other revelatory gifts because of his assignments to look after a flock. Are you with me? So he will see sharpened sensitivity so he can know how to guide the flock. Are you getting this? B because of that reason, he will see certain gifts more expressive in his life. An apostle, you know, might have his, his, his prophetic gifts sharpened because his assignment 
it's not just about taking new message, taking the message to newer cities, but because it would also need to be a regulator in that place. So God can tell him what will happen about that city. You can see him flow more in the prophetic. An evangelist might be more expressive in things like, like, like healing gifts and revelatory gifts to prove the power of God to people so that they can hear the message. I get what I'm saying. So based on what God has specifically called the person for, he can see certain gifts more present and functional in his life. Are you with me? And that's why I called it an engracing because it's unmerited. And that's why many people can't understand why some men of God, you know, who, who have embarrassed us in some way and people speak against them, but when it comes to the power of God, you can't doubt them. Do you know what I'm talking about? You can't doubt them. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's the same reason why a person will have zero theology, but when it comes to power, <laughs> That them, you know, Apostle was talking about an example of, of a person who said that he is the Elijah which is to come. You know, and if you're a good Bible student here, you know that John the, that Jesus already told us that John the Baptist is the Elijah which was to come. Now, this guy claims that he's the Elijah to come. So they said, Okay, if you are the Elijah to come, call down rain. Listen, before they could take shelter, <laughs> they were drenched. That's why. That's why power would never be the proof of accurate theology. I get what I'm saying. Power would never be the proof of accurate theology. You would see people who might not be sound in doctrine, but when it comes to power, because there are certain specific assignments that have been placed on their heads. And so for that assignment to be fulfilled, God would engrace them specially. For that assignment. Are you listening to me? That's why Samson can just be with a prostitute three minutes ago and still walk and carry the gate of a city. Are you understand what I'm saying? It's because for the assignment of God, of what God wanted to do, to prove to the Philistine, God would engrace Samson. And he would burn their fields. Are you listening to me? So, this in particular assignment differentiation it's something you have to understand. It's very important. Whatever God has called you to do might be a pointer. When you begin to see those gifts, you, you will see some gifts more effective in your life. You just see those gifts sharpen because God will have that you use those gifts for the purpose he has called you for. Because of time, I would explain some more on assignment differentiation when I get to, I think, the fifth point. For some, the problem is use or usage. If you don't use it, you cannot master it. If you don't use it, it won't matter that you have it. If you don't use it, you cannot grow in it. It's as simple as that. Do you understand? It's as simple as that. Let's go to number four. Number four is an understanding of the supply of the Spirit. An understanding of the supply of the Spirit, which is where I've been leading to from the beginning of the teaching. Now, 
What I'm about to explain is called different things by different people. But pay attention. Because this will change your charismatic ministry forever. I can see some people on this call that after this teaching, there was something I I did this teaching for them once and there's something I saw different in their life and I'm seeing it here again. After this teaching, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh, doors open in your spirit, to greater expressions of the spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. Zula balata kapai. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, pay attention here. Pay attention here. I- I'm telling you, it will change your charismatic ministry like it did mine. It will change it like it did mine. And what I'm talking about, there are two sides to it. Number one, and this is the first side. As you begin to grow in God, and grow in devotion to God and in your steadfastness with God and your consistency with God and you get to that place where everything in your life does not matter if it does not count in God. You reach a point where some call it breakthrough point or ease or just growth. I would just call it growth. You reach a point of growth where God begins to give you a system that opens you up to more ease in the supernatural. Are you following me? A system that opens you up to more ease in the supernatural. Are you all following me? That wherever you are in your ministry, having ups and downs or whatever it is, that there are just some things that once you see, you know what God is about to do. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Some of you might know what I'm talking about. You just you you are just in a meeting. Once you see something, you know why? Because God has started to give you a system in Him. I, listen, I don't frequently teach this, but there is a reason why God is asking me to teach you this. <laughs> because as you begin to walk with God, I want you to be able to sense it. You just find a system. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you are in a meeting and your hand begins to get, get hot, you know that God is about to heal somebody. Listen, don't copy anybody's pattern. It's a teaching in God. It's a teaching in God. Some of you, when you see some things, you know that angels are ready to walk in that meeting. Are you with me? Some of you, you know, God just begins to teach you a structure. Are you with me? Some of you, there's a way God talks to you when he wants you to do something that nobody else knows. You just know when is the right time. You know, I was telling somebody one time, I said, listen, if God wants me to do something, there's a kind of ease God brings and everything aligns. If you follow it, it might not work for you. It might not be God's plan for you. I listen to me. But I just am able to sense those things. I know when the stars align, in quotes, when it comes to what God wants to do. And as you grow in God, you begin to learn that pattern. You begin to learn that pattern gradually. Gradually. You know the way to prepare and, and to see Certain results happen consistently. You know, those of you that are ministers of the gospel, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I'll give you a personal example. I have times when I will have some teachings, they will be great. And some teachings, they will not be great. I remember, you know, in school at the time, I will hold the mic and music ministers, you might be able to relate. You know, how do you have ministrations that are powerful consistently? Some of you have experienced what I'm talking about. 
You teach some people today and the power of God flows. Or even leading prayers on the community here. You lead today, everywhere scattered. Okay. You lead tomorrow and it's just as if ah, something new. How do you make sure that that result is consistent? So after a while in God, you, 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 you begin to learn how to have repeated success in the move of God in any meeting. You know, so as I started to, to walk with God, I've taught you these things before. But listen, as I started to walk in God, what I'm teaching you, I started to notice. I had the privilege to be invited to preach in many chapels, you know, in my undergraduate times in Babcock University. You know, one thing I noticed is I just knew how, what to do. So the pastor of that chapel might have been preaching to them and not have gotten the type of response. But once I get to the place, you know those people that used to sit down at the back? Everybody from beginning to back would be receptive, would flow in the power of God. I just didn't... Listen, I, I started to see a repetitive pattern of what God was teaching me. There was a way I was preparing. It's not. I don't want to share everything so that people don't copy the exact same things I'm saying and think that's how God wants to work in your life. I get what I'm saying. This is something that you have to discover how God works with you. I remember at the time, before I go for the meeting, I will sit down. When I'm praying, I will open, I'll just close my eyes and pray and picture the room. And Lord will begin to show me people, begin to show me things that are happening with them. I begin to pray that their hearts are open. And when I get to the meeting, I see the same exact same thing. So I know what to say. Do you understand? I know where to turn. I know how to address the people. I know how to get them where they need to get to. You know, I remember visiting a church. What's the name of the church that is in FAD? In the activity hall in FAD. New creation. I remember then, I don't know who the pastor was. I remember then they didn't used to clap. They didn't used to rejoice. They were not allowed to clap or rejoice in the church. They were just allowed to come and be so them. So myself and Steph, you know, we visited the church that day. I think we were invited for something. It was a hymn Sunday. Yeah, if you're in Babcock, you know what a hymn Sunday is. It's the time for, <laughs> for us to be solemn and to, you know, just be there. No joy, no rejoicing, no clapping, nothing. Let's just be there, you know, very solemn. And we got there. And all of a sudden, there was no light. That's maybe to make matters worse. Because if there's no light now, so no instrument. And listen, for some reason... The whole church started to clap, singing him so joyfully. No light! And people were clapping. At, this is hymns I'm talking about that many people in Babcock used to run away from. Singing it so joyfully, rejoicing, and being so passionate. Are you listening to me? I'm talking about something that God can teach you to have a repetitive success in the move of God. You can always see the same result if you do those things. Listen, God did not give Moses the rod that he used in the Old Testament. I mean, God spoke to him to use the rod. And because God spoke to him, the rod stopped being ordinary. Listen, God wasn't only giving Moses signs. God was teaching Moses control, if you know that story well. And that's what I'm telling you about. As you continue to grow in God, God begins to teach you control. The proof that God sent you to do something is that you can do it 
and do it over and over again. I'll give you an example. A donkey spoke in the Bible, but that donkey cannot speak again. But for you, it's different. What I'm teaching you about is a control in God. God wants you to learn how to do certain things repeatedly. I'm trying to look for better analogies. How many of you remember awake a few months ago? One thing was special to some meetings. How do you feel in meetings when I just carry my guitar? Let me tell you something about that guitar. <laughs> Let me tell you something about that guitar. When the Lord told me to get the guitar, I didn't know how to play. I just saw myself in the spirit <laughs> playing the guitar. So I put it on my story. I want to buy a guitar. People put money together for me. I had, I think, 3K or 5K or something. Some people joined the money. I bought a guitar. All the guitar players on this in this ministry were doing shakara for me. Alright, so they only taught me small. <laughs> so by the second week, I was already playing some songs. I will do some meetings, like I'll be playing the guitar, playing rubbish chords, but we're gonna sing the go. I, I get what I'm saying. Listen, when it came to those meetings, some of you know what I'm talking about. Once I pick up that guitar, just get ready for a flow. Just get ready for a flow. So, I started to learn what God was set to do with the sounds I play with those guitars. I was sensitive enough to see what God was set to do. So, I remember one day, a lady called me, you know, one of our members here at the time. She called me. She said her friend was about to commit suicide. She said her friend... So, I said, ah, what's going on? So, she called me. I picked up the call, you know. I think it was Alex that ran to the room and said, sir, 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 you know, this person said this girl is about to commit suicide. We need you to talk to her. So I just rolled up from the bed. I went to my chair, you know, in, in my house. So I went to the chair in my house and then I just sat down and the, and, and the guitar was there. So I was talking to her. What's going on? Why do you want to kill yourself? She said she doesn't know. The, so I started to preach the gospel to her, tell her about Jesus, tell her about everything. And all of a sudden, the Lord told me, you know what, pick the guitar and sing the overwhelming, reckless love of God. I picked the guitar, I sang it, all of a sudden she started to cry, the power of the Lord, you know, hit her strong in her car where she was parked, and that was it. So, I started to do that repeatedly. Some of you can testify that you will call me sometimes. So, when people call me and I don't know what to say, <laughs> CNS hand is up, I don't know what to say. I just don't know, and the Lord will just say, pick the guitar up and play. I'll just sing a song. And, listen, all the time, God would always just show up. Always. Can I tell you something? So, I, I remember, you know, just after that time, maybe months after, I, I think it was Adese, one of you, who called me, I think it was Adese that called me, and said that, oh, someone called her, and she didn't know what to do, so she remember I used to play guitar, so she picked up the guitar, she played it for the person, <laughs> and then the same thing happened to the person. I'm telling you certain things you can learn in God. There's not me that guitar will work for you, but I'm just teaching you about <laughs> a pattern. Because some of you don't, some of you don't know how to learn about these things. That's why I'm putting the disclaimer there. So you understand what I'm really trying to teach you. You begin to learn how God wants to work with you. And so, and if you know how my voice sounds, you know that it's not about the sweetness of your sound. It's about the move of God because I don't have a good voice. <laughs> so, it's about the move of God. It's not music therapy. It's the flow. It's the flow of the Spirit. 
So until you can control the experience in a way that the that, that the result can be repeated, you have not learned to use it. The Bible says that our sufficiency is of God who has made us able ministers. He has called us able, meaning call us anytime, any day we can supply. Are you getting it? Call us any day, any time we can supply. We call you to lead a prayer. You just know what to do. You just know what song to sing. Maybe in your secret place, one day you were, you know, I remember the time that this song was so powerful. Some of you, do you ever ask yourself why I will come in on a meeting and I'll just say, Agbara Olorunpo, Agbara Olorunpo, Ola no Zori Oku, Owo Di Jericho. It's not just because the song is sweet. It's because at the time, the Lord tells me this is the song. Some of you, some of you, it might just be a song. I remember a few years ago, you know, I'm going to share a lot of experience, but I, I hope you're learning something. I hope you're really learning something. I remember a few years ago when my mom was still alive, you know, my dad had been awake all night, all night, all night, trying to help her. And she was just struggling. She wasn't feeling fine. So at 3 a.m., my dad came and tapped me and said, I've not been able to sleep all, all, all night. Your mom hasn't been able to sleep. She's not feeling fine. She said to call you to come and pray for her. You know, those of you that know what I'm talking about, when you first wake up, you're like, now, now I know, now you, uh, this is what I'm talking about. You can recognize the grace I have in this house <laughs> and not just be treating me like, <laughs> you know. So I stood up. I went, you know, um, I took, listen, I don't know why. I just got a leading to take, I think I was learning about mantles at the time. So I got a leading to, you know, even though mantles is, is I can the truth about it is that you don't need it in the New Testament, all right, because the Spirit of God works with us, you know, freely, all right, and can be communicated in different ways, even through those things in quotes called mantles. But listen, so I took one face towel that I'd been holding for a long time. I just got a leading to take it. So I went to her room. I got there. I just told her to hold, you know. I'm sure my father must have been looking at me like, what's wrong with this boy? You know? <laughs> you know so I gave her the thing. And I, I think I sang one song. I can't remember what, what the song was. It was one Nathaniel Bassi song. The song is in my head, but I just can't seem to put, you know, the particular words to it. I think it's something like, Hey, Jehovah is Lord. Hey, forever is Lord. Hey, Jehovah is Lord. My mommy will declare Jehovah is Lord. You know, they used to put different things there. Babcock will declare Jehovah is Lord. So I was just saying it. Your health will declare that Jehovah is Lord. You know, everything will declare that Jehovah is Lord. I sang it, sang it, sang it, and I just prayed for her. By morning like this, you know, I woke up in the morning. She was eating. She had dressed up. She was going out. But guess what? She was holding that face to well on her shoulder. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, eh. <laughs> so, so this is how it is. But listen to me. This is very important that you begin to learn how to flow in the things of the Spirit and learn a pattern of how to walk with God. Of how to walk with God. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 16 you know, and 17, the Bible talked about how God said in verse 16, says, And thou shalt take this rod in thy hand and you shall do signs by it. So God was giving Moses a sense of control. So, Stretch the rod, many frogs will come. Stretch the rod, water will turn to what? To blood. Different manifestations, same power. Listen, people who don't understand this might think we are trying to take, you know, the power and say we are the ones that are doing it. No, no, no. If you read your Bible very well, 
you will see that at the time when God was angry with Moses, the reason why God was angry with Moses was because Moses was asking him what to do in a particular situation. Why was God angry? Because God expected that if you wanted to call frog, you did it by the rod. You wanted to, you know, turn water to blood. You did it by the rod. You wanted the plague to happen. You did it by the rod. Why are you not coming to me now to ask me how shall you divide the water? Don't you know that it is by the rod? Listen, what I'm teaching you is that God was teaching Moses control. God was teaching Moses control. He expected that if you had seen all these things done by the rod, you would understand that I'm teaching you how to use the rod. But in the New Testament, there is no rod. The rod was only a symbol of something more authentic that you have today. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, the Bible says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit. So just like Moses, many miracles, the same pattern. For us today is many expressions of the gift of the Spirit, the same Spirit. It says to another the working of miracles, to another the, the prophecy, to another descending of Spirit, to another diverse kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues but all this work that one self spirit dividing to every man severally as he will so god's permanent answer to the things that are happening to you is the spirit is god's versatile answer to come live in you to come and walk through you so sometimes it could be that the things you are calling out to god to do he has already given you a structure that can handle it. The things you call unanswered prayers, maybe you just need to draw. <laughs> because the solution is already given to you. So maybe by the Spirit. Sometimes all you have to do is spend time praying. Please, are you listening to me? Is to what? Is to spend time praying. Praying, you'll be able to find the solutions to the problems. Have you looked at Jesus and the way he healed the sick? Sometimes he simply laid hands on them. Sometimes he spat on clay and used it to rub the eyes. Sometimes he prayed for them and he says, go and wash yourself in, in the pool. Are you seeing this? Listen, there were different things that needed different approaches in God. In Christ rather and the way he did his things. So the Spirit of God through prayer would furnish you with the wisdom in the context of his word to know what to do. God will open your eyes to see things. Please, are you learning something? He would open your eyes to know what to do at every situation. It's not every meeting that you write a note for that you must follow the notes. Some meetings just leave God to walk through you. Are you following me? You know, there's one thing I learned. I'm trying to give you enough examples so you can learn, you know. I have still so much to teach. I'll speed it up. Remember, I said it's going to be a long teaching. Just pay attention. I think it was at Daisy or some of the music ministers here I was teaching one time many years ago about Pastor Nat. Listen, I've told you, study about it. As a young music minister... You know, I used to play drums then as a part of a team of people. We would watch videos upon videos of ministers that we, we, we honor. We will watch their rehearsals. We will watch the real life 
performances or ministrations rather we watch everything so one day i asked myself i said why does why, why does he sing some slow songs sometimes some fast songs sometimes you know so as we started to watch many of them we started to see the wisdom of god have you noticed sometimes that when certain ministers of god of the gospel are singing and they sing you know certain slow songs and people don't respond they will sing fast songs you will jump 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 they will not come down they will not sing the real thing they want to sing so that your heart will fall. Listen, those things is wisdom in God. To know what song to sing at what time is wisdom in God. To know what, what to do part time is wisdom in God. Are you with me? So like Moses, the rod is inside. It's just to be able to learn what God would have you do. So as you continue to grow in God, be sensitive. What were the things that happened the last time you laid your hands on a sick person? Be open to hear God ready to lead you wherever you are. Don't limit in your mind what God is capable to do through you. I get what I'm saying. Don't limit. Be able to see patterns in God. The second dimension of understanding the supply, frankly speaking, you know, if you don't know how God works, this might be annoying to you. How are many people in the Bible did incredible things for God and yet did not follow God's rules? Do you know what I'm talking about? It might be annoying to you. They didn't follow God's rules. Have you ever read Samson's story? Do you know? The Bible says that Samson shall be a Nazarite. Do you know what a Nazarite is? Though it's not someone that is from Nazareth, though. or a Nazarene, rather. I think it's Nazarene or Nazarite. One of the two. All right. It's different from being called from Nazareth. All right. Now, what that thing means is an oath that never in his life, number one, he must not touch dead bodies. Are you with me? He probably must not. I think he must not have. He must not cut his hair. He must not have sex or something like that. He must not... What else? Every law that they say people that are of that order must not do, something broke everything. <laughs> do you know that? Something broke everything. From, from when he killed that lion and he took the honey from inside it, he was already touching dead body, which was the first taboo of the people that are called in that order. I get what I'm saying. Sleeping with a prostitute... Remember, they had a drunken party. <laughs> he was not supposed to drink as well. Anyway, now the girl caught his hair and in the end, power still came and he still broke the routine on it. I, I, this is what I'm saying. This is, you, you, you'll be angry like, me that have been consecrating for five years, I never see power. This one, <laughs> you know, what is going on here? Policing. I, I, what I want to teach you is important. There is a supply of the Spirit in this in this sense that, that people by no prayer, by no fasting, they were just doing their stuff. And God's power started to... Listen, what did Mary do to be the mother of Jesus? Have you thought of it before? What did Mary do to be the mother of Jesus? Before and after the birth of Jesus, there was nothing extraordinary recorded about her. Are you with me? One day, she was not on a mountain praying. She must have been doing something random. 
and an angel appeared to her. You, you've been praying 71 days. You never see angel. She was just walking. And an angel appeared to her. What is the secret of this charismatic favor, Mary? How did you do it? Show me the road that I may walk. <laughs> Show me the road, Mary. What are the seven keys to unlocking visions of angels? <laughs> Glory. I'm joking, please. <laughs> but what, I, what I'm trying to teach you is that Mary had no seven keys. She didn't attend all the many meetings you've attended. Listen, there's a balance. You know, remember, I already emphasized, you know, reading books and doing all those things to convert it. But I'm telling you about a supply, which is another way people work in, charis in, in charismatic ministry that you want to learn about. She cannot replicate the experience because she does not know what she did. The only thing she did was that she was in God's plan for that moment. <laughs> Are you with me? It was that she was in God's plan for that moment. People are crying for divine encounters. Touch me with your hands. Jesus, please don't let me go the same way I came. And this guy is going to arrest Christians. And God appears to him and calls him to ministry. And you, you have been waiting for a call. <laughs> Lord, touch me. Now, this one is doing the very thing that is against God. And God appears to him. The glory of God knocks him off his horse. Are you with me? So brilliant that he couldn't see. So apart from the general principle of miracles, this was timing in God. And God's timing. If you find yourself in the season, both as a, as a minister and as the receiver, you would benefit. What I'm teaching you about can be so controversial that it looks like, you know, we are saying people can do rubbish. And what I'm telling you, this is real in God. It is real in God. There were people at the pool of Bethesda. But Jesus only walks to one man and says, what are you waiting for? I get what I'm saying. There were many people there. Jesus walks to one man. Not because of extraordinary faith. If you know that story very well. He started complaining. He said, I've been waiting here, waiting here, waiting here. You know? Not because of anything that the guy did. So, the most important part. So, if you know anybody who left because of network, tell them to join back. Meeting is still on. Listen, you know, he didn't do anything special. By normal parameters of faith, he didn't deserve the healing. But just because he was in God's plan at the right place, at the right time for the purpose of what God wanted to do. Are you with me? I remember certain meetings we've had here. Just to was it how I many? How I many? I can't remember. There are some of you that are on this call. That the reason why you stayed, you know, some of you remember that meeting. Was that the day you joined that meeting? I gave every single person on the call word of knowledge. I remember that meeting. I just woke up randomly. I think I was sleeping. I just woke up. I think I've done it twice or so. You know, so for the purpose of God winning the hearts of some people, He can specially orchestrate events. Are you with me? He can specially cause certain things to happen just for the sake of His purpose. 
Are you with me? And I remember Pastor talking about a, a girl that couldn't walk, that got healed and started walking. And the way it happened, it was not supposed to be in that house. He came all the way from Abuja. He was not supposed to be in that house. Supernaturally, someone just drove him to their house to just pick something and leave. And that's how healing came to that house. Are you listening to me? Jesus spoke about things like this. Of all the widows that existed, Elijah was sent to just one. Do you know what I'm saying? Just one. Of all the lepers, Naman. So, listen, Jesus, many occasions, would heal, but certain times, in special seasons, he would heal. Are you with me? Certain people received healing because of what I'm talking about. So, I'm saying, if you are the minister, it will benefit you. If you are the recipient, just to make a name for himself, God can cause supernatural things to happen for you. Do you get what I mean by now, as a minister, and also as the recipient? That his name is praised. So, how is there such an ease? It's because it's the season. I've been trying to teach you about seasons in God. If you remember, in our prayer and fasting week, we prayed about timing, seasons. Listen, if you are in the season, everything would align. If you are in the season, if you are in the plan of God, for your generation, just to make a name for himself. God can exalt, you know, your charismatic, can elevate your charismatic ministry just to make a name for himself. He can heal a person who has been blind all his life just as a sign to the Pharisees. Are you understanding what I'm teaching you? As a sign to the Pharisees. That's what I'm talking about. So, you have to understand it's just like the wave of the ocean. You just, at these times, you just need to surf. <laughs> you just, so if you ask us why sometimes we are trying to discern what God is doing, it's because once you align, you are not fighting against the waves. Have you try, can you imagine a person trying to surf in the opposite direction that the wave is, is flowing? You will just suffer. But if you align, if you descend the waves, all you need to do <laughs> is just to glide. You will move. <laughs> And if you're on a boat, all you need to do is just be there, be still. You will move in the direction of what God is doing. Are you with me? This is why some debates will never end. Are you with me? It is why some debates will never end. How do you want to teach the widow of Zarephath that sowing and reaping is not true? She gave small, she, she got plenty. Do you know what I'm saying? How do you want to teach her? It, see, you can theologically prove it. But when God wants to make a name for himself, he can superimpose over natural principles. He can superimpose over natural principles. And this is important. So he said, I was going to eat my last meal. But God said, give. See, that's why when you descend a supply, just follow it. That's what I'm trying to teach you. Just follow it. Once you descend a supply, don't argue. Just align. That's the, if there's no lesson you learn, learn this. Just align. It's called a supply of the Spirit. Just align. Just align. God says, give everything you have to so-so-so person. Please, don't, don't argue too much. I know you don't believe in sowing and, and reaping. You know, just give. Do you understand? You know, or 
or you know, uh, um, God calls a number in your ear, 722, and says, call that number in the meeting. And instead of you to say, there's somebody here, is either your ATM card or your account number, or your phone number rather, or account number ends with 722, you are doubting. Instead of you to just open your mouth and say, you say, God cannot be calling account number, Jerry, there's a system of, listen, sometimes eh, you need to discern what God is doing. Okay, God does not call account. They cannot give us account number, Abby. Instead, instead of it, just follow through. I, I get what I'm teaching you. Sometimes it's a supply. It's a supply. It's a supply. There sometimes listen, not as principles, because you can you might not be able to replicate it again, but at that time it might just be the move of God. <laughs> so the train might just be moving. <laughs> and something is happening now in the spirit. The train might just be moving. What God wants you to do is just hold on to the train. He will take you on the speed of the spirit. He will bear you on wings of eagles. It does not matter where you, what you are doing. If you are a part of the community of people called Israelites, God would defeat Philistines for your sake. God would make Egyptian, the Egyptians, one of the greatest army at the time, to what? To be swallowed up by water just to prove himself. Listen, it doesn't matter how many times you turn against him. If you are in the will of God, like the Egyptians, many judges would come and you will get into captivity and things like that. But God would always keep showing up for you. Why? Because he has ordained that through you first, he will bring salvation then to others. So you, you, are his, you are his person. He would want to make a name for himself through your life. Through your life. You might just be going to a ministration and God says, wear a white shirt. Ah, don't doubt it. <laughs> Did you hear what I'm saying? Don't doubt it. Just wear. Just wear. I remember going to preach in Maranatha Church in Babcock, that one on top of registry. The Lord told me to wear a white shirt. Someone said, I saw a dream. In the dream, I saw a man wearing white shirt saying this. And I gave the person the word the Lord told me to give. Are you following me? I, I've asked some of you before, you know. Have you heard me ask before if you, if you saw me in dreams and visions? Or, you know, you saw me in your dream. I started to learn a way that God is going to work through, you know, through our, through our ministry from something I learned from past as well. And... I, I wasn't even trying to copy it. I just saw it happen. You know, someone texted me three days ago and said that he saw me in a dream and I told him that he should take Catalyst Community Meetings more seriously. Are you with me? I think it was Biula also, you know, that said that she saw me in a dream also. This is between the span of two weeks. She said she saw me in a dream and I told her that she needs to grow, that if she continues in the Catalyst Community, that she will see more results and she needs to be committed and she needs to be calling me. So she called me instantly. I remember Blossom so last year, you know, she had an exam, you know, to do. So she had some videos to watch. She said she saw me in a dream. I called her and I said, you better wake up and finish that thing. So as she stood up, she watched almost, I think, 12 hours of, or almost more than 12 hours of videos and finished the whole course she needed to do. I'm telling you, some things, is a supply. It's a supply. It's a supply. It's a supply. So you have to be discerning. You have to be discerning. God says in that meeting, just wear trad. Say this, say this, say this. Just listen and say it. 
You've been trying to get somebody saved for such a long time. And God says, don't go there arguing. Buy a gift and take it to the person. Take the person on a trip. Are you with me? Take the person for dinner. Don't talk this today. Talk this today. Care about... God can just show you the person has a junior cousin. Why not buy a gift for the cousin? Buy a birthday... Or the person has a child. Why not buy a gift for the child? You must learn to align with these things. Discern what God is set to do. Are you with me? Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19, everybody. I'm going to round up here. Oh, I wish everybody who needs to be here is here. And I hope everybody's learning something and you are being receptive to what God, what God is doing and what I'm teaching you. So you are singing and God says, sit here, sing this, say this, pray for this person, lay hands on the head, don't touch the head, touch the shoulder, touch the leg. You must be, you must be discerning to just follow those things. It's a supply. Is everybody in Philippians chapter 1 verse 19? Can you post it? Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. You see, some of you that have been here have seen me grow in the teaching graces like never before. It's possible. I was talking to someone who said she saw one of my daughters that she's already sounding like me. It's possible. And you are not just learning the things. As you watch, God begins to show you patterns as well that you can replicate in your life. So be discerning. In this new year, sharpen your sensitivity. Be observant. Be observant. No longer children. You have to grow in God and grow in the move of His Spirit as well. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So, so listen. In, in Philippians chapter 1 verse 13, he says, he says, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bond, are more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of the contention, not sincerely, he says, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the order of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. He says, what then withstanding? Every way, whether pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the spirit. It means that things that look ordinary, God can orchestrate them by his spirit. He can orchestrate situations that look ordinary, that look to be turning out to the other way, just in his move through the supply of the spirit. 
It says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with boldness as also as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life and in death. So listen, everything you need to conquer what is ahead is inside of you. <laughs> it's inside of you. Prayer is important. But prayer can help you identify what the supply of the Spirit is for every issue. Are you getting what I'm saying now? It will help you identify the supply of the Spirit for every issue. For every issue. For every issue. For every issue. Don't argue. You can master what I'm talking about. You can master it so much so. That you can stand and discern what God is set to do in 2023. Repeat after me in your room. Say in 2023, I'm going to be skillful in the expression of the gift of the Spirit. There's an intelligence to the things of the Spirit. Say in 2023, say I'm going to be intelligent. In the application of the gifts of the Spirit, I am discerning of the supply of the Spirit for whatever situation I find myself. Begin to pray in the language of the Spirit wherever you are. Just keep your mics muted and pray in the language of the Spirit. My eyes are open in the Spirit to discern the move of God. I discern the supply of the Spirit. And I align my life with it. I align myself with it. I see what you are doing in my generation. And I'm aligned with it, Lord Jesus. When there is a need for a healing, I recognize patterns in you. Oh, I be Become, I gain mastery, 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 mastery in the expression of the supernatural. I know what you are doing. I know when you are doing it and I can align myself. My eyes see, my ears, my ears hear, my mouth speak. I'm aligned with your move in this generation, Lord Jesus. In the move of God, I'm descending of the supply of the Spirit. Sometimes when I don't need to talk too much, I know the supply. I know what to do. I know what to do. I know when to do it. I know who to do it with. I would never walk in contradiction to the flow of God's power. Rather, I align myself with the wave of the Spirit, with the winds of the Spirit, with the tides. I saw on eagle's wings. I align myself to the move of God in this generation. I find ease in charismatic ministry. Backed up with my time of consecration and power, I'm still able to walk in the ease of the things of the Spirit. I'm able to be discerning of what to do and when to do it. I know the people, the place, the time, the season. I begin to discern patterns in God to know when he would have me do certain things and when he would not have me do those things. I'm open to the supply of the Spirit to know how he would have me ah, behave in whatever situation. Till the end that we see greater expressions of the Spirit in 2023. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, what a time we've had. And even now, we know that you are working in every room.
and your angels are in every room. And so 2023, we come in the power of the Lord. I faladai rubanatakai. 2023, we come sponsored by the Spirit of God. 2023, we come with greater expressions of the Spirit. 2023, Allah we come with the supply of the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, we are discerning to know how God would have us operate in every situation. Aye. God is going to open some of your eyes you know, so, so blueprints of how he wants to take cities, how he wants to take universities, schools, how he wants to take your friend group for him, what to do. If it is to start a fellowship or to just invite them for this, you will know what to do by the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, you have clarity in the plan of God. Like Abraham, you'll be a friend of God. He will open the intentions of his heart to you by the Spirit. And you would know when to walk, when to run, when to jump, when to be quiet. By the Spirit of God in the name of Jesus. You're sponsored by the Spirit in this new year. In the mighty name of Jesus. You would not just walk hard. You would walk smart. You would walk with ease rather than laboring in vain. You would labor in the plan of God revealed to you by his spirit and you would have maximum results for minimum efforts. You would have maximum results walking by the spirit. No struggle in the things of the spirit. For anybody on this community. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh Father we thank you. We thank you for the move of your spirit. We thank you for what you are set to do. We thank you for the year of the spirit. Thank you Lord. In five seconds I'm just going to give you some time. The power of the Lord is going to move right now. Delivering gifts. Bearing gifts. For many. And in the name of Jesus, in five counts, greater discernment, sharpened sensitivity to know what to do, to walk with ease. In five, four, three, two, one. Back in the name of Jesus. You walk with ease like never before. Angels of God in every room. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank in the name of Jesus. Dropping. Zola Kaim. Debalia. Toruata Velo. 
bete koto katatu ria patati koto pele mandara divelo kobarua touch in the mighty name of Jesus ikai katai bela toko i see somebody your ear malai zebakai hearing more 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 clarity zu zeve zuala pai ketondai mandara toto toko patalatai beke toto koto poto i see somebody there is want in your heart kelorianda lu beru divino koso dai beka tosha denda rudivulu akatabai touch now in the name of Jesus activated for more zuzi beka toka paru ative latamai now in the name of Jesus more in the name of Jesus kikai baliando sugurata vilatapaya kai alabai greater in him in the mighty name of Jesus kelai kudovalai more miracles in the mighty name of Jesus i see wisdom aligo zuvelai on many kazwara tai galabai jetala kataluara patai your eyes see your ears hear in the mighty name of Jesus discernment sharpened thank you Jesus in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen shall glory